Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 240, Episode 4 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Thursday, June 9th, Mm -hmm. 2022, which of course means that it is 6-9. Thank you. That's all we need to really talk about. Yeah. We're we're trying to move past 420. We're all about 6-9. We're over it. We're over 420. Now is the time to celebrate. Now was the time to 69. Uh, but June 9th <laughs> is also Donald Duck Day. Yes. Who the could best. probably 69 pretty easily because not wearing pants. Yeah. So. I, that That's always my issue with it is uh, just how long it takes to get the dang pants on. <laughs> so for, the, for this 69ing. <laughs> uh, well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Ba 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 ha blast. Ba 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 ha ha blast. Mm-hmm. Oh ba ha blast. I drink them way too fast. The doctor says I need to stop, but I just can't quit. Yeah, ba ha blast. Ba 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 ha blast. That is courtesy of Rumham McDuck. Okay, Rumham. Hit me with the. Uh, and it's been a while. 
which I think he was just saying, like, it's been a while since I've done this thing. You can't hit me with a, it's been a while without yeah. that song being in my head as I enter into uh, your AKA, just future ref, Rumham McDuck. Anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Lately, I've been, I've been counting trees. There are so many now that I can see. But before LASIK, looking was so hard. Yeah, no more contacts, baby. I'll be looking far. Okay, shout out to <laughs> Josiah on the Discord for that One Republic themed AKA. Because, yeah, this LASIK got me counting trees. From <laughs> Did, That when, was something that you claimed you, you I was you were... from across the Columbia River Gorge. <laughs> I was like, watch this one. Too. I feel like you're... Like your improvement in sight is so profound that like you your brain doesn't even like know how to brag about it. No, you're, it's you're like the dumbest like, shit. It. You're like, I can like count trees now. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know what it was? I'm like, I could see like all the different kinds of rocks on the ground. You're like, is that a thing we were all missing out on? <laughs> Not necessarily. Apparently, it's a new maybe one. that's it. Maybe I just don't understand as somebody with not great vision. I just don't understand the joys of counting trees. I wish you could see through my eyes and look yeah. at the Columbia River Gorge. Just for one day. You'd be like, oh, my God. Wow. Look at those trees. There are 47 of them. 47,000. Well, Miles, yeah. we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a yes. very funny comedian yeah. and actor whose one-hour special Jeremiah Watkins Family Reunion is streaming on Amazon Prime right now, and mm -hmm. who is voicing the Joker on DC Superhero Girls, oh. among many other places you may know him from. It's Jeremiah Watkins! Jeremiah Yo, thanks for having me, guys. It was very hard for me not to jump in yet on the Baja Blast song. I was oh. feeling it. I was vibing oh, with it. And yeah. I was ready to start doing the falsetto part of the Beach Boys Baja Blast part. There you so go. If you want to do it again, we totally can. Just hit okay. us with the falsetto one time, just to give the people Baja a Blast. Wow. Baja Blast. Damn. Oh. See, Did that's what it would church? be like if this show was hosted by somebody with vocal talent. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. It and was everything in my in my fiber to to stay restrained because you hadn't introduced me yet. So I didn't right. want to uh, jump in. For for next time. Just yeah. jump in, man. Just go for it? Okay. Yeah, you I'll got those here. pipes. We we welcome a backup performance that completely overshadows <laughs> us. Thanks a lot. That's a I'm fun character. The, back, <laughs> the, back, the, background, the background singer, singer. who completely is outshining the, the main act. Like, just look yeah. back and, like, <laughs> just goes to karaoke all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just blowing their partner out of the water. Um, speaking of vocal talent, Mm. I think this is the first time we've had somebody on the show who played the Joker in any respect other than a unreleased Jared Leto episode right. that was uh, deemed too twisted by by us. Yeah. But <laughs> and welcome. The, legal, the legal team at iHeart. That's that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's that's a cool uh, uh, a cool accolade. Uh, for me to, to for, for the first, show. That's, that's great. I like that. Please put that uh, in yeah. your Twitter bio right now, Jeremiah. I'll put that. Yeah, the first on Daily Zeitgeist. You <laughs> to know, play the Joker. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> How has the experience been for you? Have you had to like get into a dark mindscape? <laughs> well, I would say not at all. Uh, okay. For okay. Uh, since it's a, an animated uh, kids show, um, you, 
you, you don't have to go too <laughs> deep as as far as uh you know the method acting or anything that it would uh, be so funny if you did though man oh no <laughs> if, so if i was in the voiceover booth and i just like have like you know the black circles around my eyes and full <laughs> makeup and everything and they're like you don't we're not filming you. You don't. You don't have to do that, right? We're good here, man. Yeah, Says, like, no, no, I, I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, we are thrilled to have you back, yeah. and we're going to get to know you a little bit better in just a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we are talking about today. We're going to talk about the big mainstream news story from yesterday. The right-wing wave has come to California. <laughs> California rebukes left. So so we're going to talk about that. The DA in San Francisco was, you know, convincingly recalled. And the amount of media that has been, the amount of attention that has been paid in the national media to the district attorney of San Francisco is surprising and yet instructive. So we'll talk oh, yeah. about where that attention comes from, where the story comes from, why the story exists that way, all that shit. We'll get we'll we'll talk about the big media event of this evening, which is the primetime fuckery circus. Oh yeah. The January 6th committee's primetime debut and and what what's in store there. We're going to talk about the TikTok propaganda campaign for the uh, mainstream Democratic establishment that's happening. You know, they're paying influencers to be excited about Joe Biden's infrastructure bill and stuff like that. All of that, plenty more. But first, Jeremiah, we do like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? The ver really boring one that I had to do was uh, a 1099 how to download <laughs> that. <laughs> so just like bad adult stuff where it's like it's really boring where you're like, oh, man, I, I don't want to be doing this. Right. Yeah. How to fill out 1099 in preview. Mac? Yeah. Also, where <laughs> is free and not yeah. charge money for this? <laughs> <laughs> I remember once I... <laughs> I downloaded a, an image of a 1099 that had someone's info on it because I was so bad at like finding the thing that I just like photoshopped my own info over it because I couldn't. I was like, I think so high or something. I just couldn't find a blank PDF of one. This Dude, they're the hard to find. Odds. I still am in search of it. I didn't like I, I changed the keywords <laughs> so many freaking times and I still can't find one that's just like a blank 1099 form. It's all. Yeah, it's now on the IRS honeypot website i went on irs.gov <laughs> even then they're, they're, <laughs> dude it's a mess i i still couldn't find it on there they're like want to pay for the premium pdf yeah i'm like, like no it's just a, it's a free form what is yeah. happening also only 99.99 a year for 10.99 me filling this out tells you i owe you money what are we fucking doing yeah here? yeah exactly I wonder if there's a literature course at like, you know, Brown or like one of those cool schools that always has the silly courses that right wing media likes to make fun of. But I wonder if they're, they're like, the gender politics of Harry Potter. Look at these assholes. They pay so much money for this. But I wonder if anyone studied the grammar and syntax of our Google searches. Like mm. and that like there is an assumed language that Google and like computers speak like based on nothing, really. But yeah, you, like 
you were like 1099 how to download. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know where my assumptions come from on that, but I do feel like we all are operating from the same batch of assumptions. I feel like it, for me, I think of how like early on, like in the days of like Alta Vista search or whatever, mm. that was right. like the use quotation marks or like plus signs between words to bring back the exact thing. And then when Ask Jeeves came out, I remember Ask Jeeves was like the search engine that was like basically styling itself as like, just fucking ask a question. You don't even got to do yeah. this stuff like what you're talking about, like this shorthand search engine speak where Ask Jeeves like, how do I know if my baby will have red hair, you know, type of things. And that's how like it would respond. <laughs> how and do I know Google if my wife of... still loves me? <laughs> yeah. You know, common question. Jeeves, please. But I, even Jeeves? then I would have entered it as how do I know baby have hair, r- red hair, right. slash wife still loves. Right. <laughs> yes. like, like how that's do you know <laughs> it, if it really is good size? <laughs> huh? <laughs> just asking Jeeves, man. That's between me and Jeeves. If, is there a standard? But all right. that to say is I think that's where I feel like I had to shed the Ask Jeeves habits to then, like, I think in the era of, like, using the, like, search engines of the late 90s, early 2000s was, like, don't put in inappropriate, like, words that don't matter. I had something happen to me that happens all the time in movies. Uh, happened to me today for the first time in my entire career of using the Internet. I put Perfect. a search into Google and received your search then my search in quotes, review, did not match any documents, suggestions, make sure all words are spelled correctly, try different keywords. Now, that always happens like in movies to like build up the suspense when they're like one-armed man and like type that in and it's like you right. didn't receive anything uh, on this and then you have to be like one-armed man, curly hair, and then you get right. the response. But this was, I, th- I thought the internet was big enough that every search but i no. it was basically just a book title in quotes followed by review and usually they'll intuit like what i mm. was after and they did not they were do just you, like hey do you man. feel kind of cool that you stumped the internet a little bit I, kind of and right. also yeah it, it is a good feeling i always do it just like acting out stuff i want to see like kendall roy 69ing with goku from dragon ball right and it's like what and I'm well, like, Never mind. And usually when did I, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah usually <laughs> when I search something like that, yeah, yeah, it's just like, are you searching for Kendall Roy go- yeah. sixty nineing with Goku yeah. again? Yeah. Did you mean yeah. Siobhan Roy sixty nineing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant Kendall. No, I meant Kendall. I'm a Kendall guy. <laughs> the Kendall boy. Jeremiah, what is something you think is overrated? I mean. There's a lot of shows and stuff right now that uh, that I feel like are overrated. The net, some of the Netflix dating shows, I feel like uh, are have kind of swept the nation with. Uh, oh, my wife watches it all the time. Ultimatum, the, the ultimatum, and then the one, the precursor to that, Love Is Blind. But yeah. like, it's so it's just like kind of like garbage that like we're eating like you, that we're eating yeah. but like it tastes good momentarily and then it's just like junk food for for tv and i it's, it's obviously it's one of those things that i think is very overrated uh at the moment but i catch my wife watching and then I, like i'll find myself lingering a little bit and then i'll have to leave the room like no no, no i can't watch this this is like, too much said, what that's their expectation that early on in a relationship that's not gonna work why <laughs> yeah. yeah i love trash the the trash on uh the television 
But I think the thing that bums me out is I feel like that's like some of the for all the stuff that Netflix is making. That shit is like, yeah, man, it's the new TLC. It's the new Discovery Channel. But yeah, when they announced that they're like kind of rejiggering their whole approach and they were like, we're not doing vanity. Like, so they specifically shit on Martin Scorsese, (laughs) Adam Sandler. Right, they said no, no more Hubie Halloween. Like those oh, were like the two examples deals. they used. The Irishman oh. costing 175 million, and then I think they said Hubie Halloween, even though that was like pretty successful. I felt like I his, his whole deal was a lot. Honestly, yeah. Hubie Halloween, I felt like was one of the better ones yeah. I, that I had seen in a minute because yeah. I watch. I end up watching most of those Sandler films. Same. I'm like, I'm always curious. I'm like, I've always been like a huge Sandler fan, and like, obviously, there's misses and stuff like that, but. You kind of got to factor in like when it's a big miss, it's just not for us. It's for fan. It's like very yeah. like family oriented where he's like, ah, I made this picture deal, whatever, like eight picture, whatever it is with Netflix. This one is going to be exclusively for the families. And the next one is going to be the one that I venture out and is going to be more creative. I right. actually want to see his um his hustle hard movie. Yeah. That's, that's coming. Oh, out. Yeah. It looks it was, real interesting. That scene with Anthony Edwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This looks fucking really good. Yeah. I I am now realizing because I'm bad at Google, I I didn't fact check this, but I think the Hubie Halloween thing was a meme. I think that was a bit (laughs) that somebody was doing because they made the one that they said was like a vanity project they won't do anymore was the Irishman, which was like prestige and expensive. And somebody replaced it with Hubie Halloween. And I was like, even that is nothing sacred. (laughs) Like I didn't even bother following. Pwned by a meme. But. Anyways, my original question, which was well-informed and in no way based on bad Google skills, was have they commented on that sort of thing, the lower brow, like reality TV? Like, is that is there space for that in the future of Netflix? Because it sounds like they were like, we're just going big with like prestige blockbuster dumb movies. It's the opposite. You you do a localized reality shoot with like you know, like contained shows. Like if you think of like the real production aspect of it, like Love is Blind is like a contained thriller. All of it is happening mostly in like one location at first and then it branches out. So like production costs are a lot lower than trying to make, you know, Albert, like Al Pacino look 19. So I'm sure Albert. Like, yeah, I was, gonna, Albert I was like Albert. I was going to say Albert <laughs> yeah. De Niro was what it was about to come out of my mouth. Yeah. I'm like, who the f- Albus Pacino. <laughs> Albus. <laughs> but yeah. I think in that, I'm sure in that, pers- from their perspective, like financially, they're like, man, this, this shit gets a ton of views and it costs a fraction of uh, like. Making oh, no, that, that was the whole real. thing with Tiger King and stuff like that. Like relatively in the grand scheme of Netflix shows, the budget for those shows is so, so cheap. Right. And then there's so many eyeballs on it where they're like, oh, this is what people want. We're going to keep feeding them it for sure. I think that's why they came up with the ultimatum follow up so quickly is because they saw the spike and how popular that first show was. Yeah, they I think it's one. Yeah. Once they smell like blood in the water, they have no problem being like, all right, 17 more of those things. Yeah. Also, the actual derivation of Al, Alfredo. Mm. Uh, Alfredo James Pacino the okay, coolest like possible it. answer for the coolest possible weird old man what is something Jeremiah that you think is underrated this is a food that I uh, I'm on I'm I've I've eaten it for years and I'm very curious if either of you have ever tried it Ooh. but it's peanut, Are we 20 questions this? it's a peanut butter and pickle sandwich 
Okay. Have you ever had it? No, I've heard of I've heard of that combo, but I've never had it. Yeah, I think it's just like we've been doing this show long enough that <laughs> enough freaks have come on here and talked yeah. about the <laughs> preaching the gospel. Yeah, yeah. no, I I hear good things. Dude, it's very underrated. Somebody okay, would say it's disgusting, it. but I feel like it's very good. The uh the the dill mixed with the uh the the peanut butter just the the contrasting of of the the juice with the uh the very dry peanut butter is very good. Interesting. Wait, so how do you when you make it, are you do you do the the bread with you put the peanut butter on first and then pickles on top and then Yep. Okay. Yep. Peanut butter on both sides and then pickles laid down on one, on one side and then yeah. smack them together. Eat it and, up. And mm. any specific like right now in my in my refrigerator, I think I have like Tony Paco's like hot and spicy pickle slices. Is there a specific kind of pick? You know what I mean? Like is the oh. brine that's interacting with the peanut butter? That's a good question, actually. I met a guy the at the farmer's market through pickles. <laughs> He has a stand there that I right. actually became friends with just because the pickles were so good. We started Hello, talking. Pickle I was like, King. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called Kaylin and Kaylin at the, at the farmer's market in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. uh, like by third, like uh, on Fairfax. Literally game changer. I can't eat pickles the same way anymore because they're so much better. And I've eaten at like delis across the U.S., in and right. out of the country, all that. But like there's something about these pickles that are just so good. Wow. And yeah. it's dill exclusively is the one you're riding for. Like you pickle. have not tried the sweet pickles. There's a kosher one. I'm I'm all right. Sweet pickles in general like pickles. Um, are all right with me. He's got a honey mustard one that is mind blowing. Oof. Then there's a blazing sour. He's got like 12 flavors that literally I didn't even know that there were combinations of pickles right. like this. Yeah. So like it kind of opened <laughs> my eye to the pickle world. I was like, I've been missing out on this for all these years. This is crazy. And yeah. you don't have to thin slice the pickles. You're you're just doing just a, a thick stock of just a thick stock of like pickles. Just slices. a full ass well, pickle. <laughs> there's there's spears, or what I do sometimes is I cut the holes in halves and put it like that on. Oh, you know what I mean? Cut it right down the middle. Halves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put, put one whole pickle in halves. Yeah, yeah. And okay. then and then that's plenty of pickle to peanut yeah, butter ratio. A lot of pickle. Okay. So pickle discs as opposed to pickle spears. Right. No, he's right. saying yeah. he's going down. Oh, wait. You're oh, I'm I go long ways. Yeah. So it's, it's two twice. strips. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, two just, strips. Wow. Okay. Dang, yep. Boom. Spreading it open. Damn, yep. son. Yeah, dog. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> we talking pickles, dog. Kalen and yeah. Kalen pickles, dog. You know, spread it open. Right? Wow. That's yeah, I mean, I haven't had it. It doesn't sound good to me, but peanut butter is a versatile food. Like I the more things I try with peanut butter, the more like it's it's almost always good. Have so, you ever had peanut butter on a burger before? No, I've not. It's really, really good. Uh, I used to get this peanut butter and jelly burger at this comedy club in Huntington Beach. That they no longer have it on the menu, but uh, it was so good. And it's it's just like kind of random where you're like that shouldn't taste good, but it was amazing. Yeah. They no longer have it on the menu because you are the only person who has ever ordered it. And it might history. be. <laughs> it might be. I, I just know I saw a write up, I think in the takeout a couple weeks ago, they were talking about like, we need to talk about peanut butter on a burger. It's really mm, just good. Just saying like, it's subtle and it works because it's like savory and it's like creamy. It's not yeah. really doing much to be like, what the fuck is this? More I mean, like, oh, yeah, shit, you don't works. put like, you don't put the 
the mayonnaise and stuff on top of you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you right. trade them out you're not putting all of it on there so it's it's trading out one condiment for another yeah right peanut butter as savory condiment yeah that's interesting something i will have to explore at a future date when i am braver and have a stronger stomach i think <laughs> yeah do you, well, do you I, fuck with like peanut butter and sardines and like stuff like that what i, I know mm-hmm. that's the thing uh, some people mentioned that to me. I've done like peanut butter and honey and peanut butter and banana. Those are pretty stock. Oh, know, yeah. Those are things great. to do. I like all that stuff. And even peanut butter with, um, you know, that marshmallow. Uh, oh, yeah. Spread. Fluffer nutter. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Fluffer nutter. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good stuff. I had oh. that once when I like there was this like kid I knew was from New England and like I had it at his house. And that's when I was like, what the fuck is this? And I had mm-hmm. no idea they even made it. Like, it's Fluffernutter. You'd never had it. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, <laughs> New England. I love it. <laughs> oh, you said New England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're from New England, innit? We're from New England. <laughs> <laughs> well, that new, new, you never had of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, love you, babes. Down in Milton Mass. See you later. <laughs> I'll see you down by the, by the dock. <laughs> I, yeah, New England. Let's Wait, meet guys. at the market. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the right wing wave, baby. Wave. Zeit gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust? Or is it, you know, like a literal POS? Well, you need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Connect with customers inline and online. Look, you want to use TikTok? Well, guess what? They have plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns on platforms just like that. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system. Or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Now, I was looking at Shopify.com, and I'm trying to get some answers. Let's say, uh, you know, how to bustling retail business. And I need, you know, maybe uh, some hardware to be able to sell my wares on the street, take credit card payments, whatever. And I know Shopify is easy to use. Half the time I buy something online, I'm like, oh, yep, they're using Shopify. And if you need to learn more, check out their website. It's super easy to navigate, whether you have questions about how you can optimize your inventory or, again, looking for hardware to make sales easier, Shopify.com has all of that. Just go there. Check it out. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash TDZ, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey guys, I'm home. 
Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry, my light, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And so on Tuesday, the day of the elections in California, the some Democratic primaries, the top story on Drudge, which regrettably still one of the most popular news sources in the U.S., if not the most popular, like they only measure by uh, page views, but Drudge is just a single page with links and it like outstrips major publications in page view numbers, which is crazy. So their number one headline with pictures was like California rightward earthquake coming, which they were basing on, you know, former Republican billionaire Rick Caruso was running for mayor. Some people thought he was going to get so many votes that he would just win outright because if you get over 50 percent, you are the winner. No runoff in November. It's just over. And then there has been a longstanding campaign to recall uh, the district attorney in San Francisco, who is somebody like I'm aware of because I live in California and I follow, you know, progressive, like actually progressive politics. But I did not know that like conservatives, like he is a household name with conservatives. Oh, yeah. Because there has been a longstanding media blitz to publicize basically every crime that happens in San Francisco and then talk about how, like, reformist DA has lost the city, has lost control of the city. So he was recalled. Uh, Caruso didn't get enough votes to win outright, so he did Even get the most votes. But damn near $40 million. Like, yeah. he tried to win it on Tuesday. He tried yeah. to get that 50% plus one to be like, it's over. Because he spent $40 million. That comes out to $308 per vote. 
Not like bad. when you Woo. when you run it past what <laughs> right <laughs> but like that was pretty good return the, man i gotta say yeah, there's people so, in in you know boardrooms right now talking about how that's pretty oh, good return eight bucks okay not bad but yeah i mean like that that i think the goes to show you how like sort of strategically how he thought i can maybe take advantage of low turnout blow people out of the water with all this like you know, messaging and having Katy Perry and Snoop Dogg who barely live in the city be like, yeah, we love Rick Caruso and have it all work out. But it yeah, didn't didn't seem that way. Didn't didn't get him across the finish line. Still, Way too many people voted for him. Though. Yeah. And did get them the progressive reformist district attorney in San Francisco recalled. So the the Drudge headline today, California rebukes left, is one of the red ones. There's like a, always a couple red ones. It's like, this one's hot. Everybody's clicking on it. Links off to an NBC News article. And because of the misconception that the, you know, establishment media has a leftward bias as opposed to a status quo inequality bias, which is the truth. Uh, it's the kind of story that I think for a long time ha- had me thinking like that the case like progress and like leftism is good in theory and impossible in practice. Like I, I thought that like when in my twenties, I was like, yeah, but you know, like I, I used to work for ABC news, like the national, like ABC news. And like at that time, that was my thinking was just like, yeah, you can't really do it because like people and you know, from actually having some time over the past decade, like following the news closely and being familiar with how mainstream media myths are perpetuated and like the mainstream media myths that kind of come up over and over again, I've like kind of realized that like they are leaving out the most important facts. First of all, the types of crimes that are being like over indexed in national news and that basically everyone was like, are, you know, they're on the rise out of control in San Francisco are actually at near historic lows. But the media and business interests have contributed to like a mass panic and basically converting everybody's dissatisfaction with the way things actually are because of inequality and, you know, our failed government. They've like converted that into fear of this this type of crime yeah i uh, think when chase Aboudin like comes out and becomes da and then says you're into decarceration out loud your fate is almost sealed like right. with like very powerful interests coming in to just say well let's not do that because what we need is someone to maintain the status quo not start to tip the balance of power in any kind of other direction and you know, that that whole I mean, like we have a problem in California, just like the idea of recall elections is fucked up because all it takes is someone with a lot of money to get something like that going. Same with our ballot propositions. Like while some are good, you have others like the one where, you know, I think it was Prop 22 or Uber's like, yeah, man, they're not they don't need fucking rights or benefits. Right. Vote for that because we got a couple people being like, I love the gig economy, you know, and like th- we have these sort of mechanisms within the state for this kind of stuff. but. Just to underscore, like what the like this DA did, basically with be by being a progressive DA, single handedly like united like landlords, Republicans, big tech, and everyone sort of against him. There's like this group, the Allied Group, 
Neighbors for a Better San Francisco and San Franciscans for Public Safety, they put in six and a half million dollars into the recall election. And like that's money coming from like real estate developers, like 600 grand from like a local real estate developer. Like, you know, this one Democratic strategist said Boudin is, quote, the unfortunate recipient of all of the anger from the investor class and the billionaire class. Right. And I think that is more of I think that is the point more than like they're rebuking it because of these like fake pumped up headlines about like crime waves. The same thing is happening in L.A., where they're trying to paint everything you see on Fox is about Venice Beach. And right. it's like, oh, Venice is, ah, ah, fuck, ah, it's fucking wild. Yeah, there is, a, like, we have we have issues with, our with like, uh, un, the unhoused people and trying to find places for them to live because we have, like, also have a ton of residents who don't want any, like, actual housing built near them. So there's that going on. But this is another instance where they try and say, this super liberal place has these fucked up problems. Therefore, don't do anything that these places have done. This message brought to you by the landlords who want to keep your rent so high your eyes bleed. Yeah, that's the thing that I like. It has nothing to do with the validity of the ideas. It has to do with the strength of wealth in in this country and how entrenched the corporate interests and also the police are in the mainstream media yeah like yeah i've gone to it from thinking like the mainstream media is you know a left-leaning but still like kind of mainstream democrat mouthpiece to think like it's really like police state propaganda over and over again yeah and it's it's consistent which which also makes it incredibly difficult like and I think a, a good point that, you know, has been made is that, like, we, we shouldn't think of the panic that is happening around crime and the unhoused community as just like an aberrant, you know, moral panic as much as it is we are in a failed state that is experiencing the consequences of years and years of mismanagement and just being, having the interests of wealthy Americans and the uh, their partnership with the police outstripped the interests of, of the people. And like people, you know, there are really awful consequences of that, such as like the unhoused community and the fact that like we don't have a better answer for mental health than we do because nobody funds that shit. All they do is fund the police. Yeah. You know, every time there's always going to be a convenient like, hey, look over there. It's that thing. It's not inequality. You know, when everything again, all experts talk about it's like so much of this is tied to people not having access to shit, being like laden with debt to have to live in cities where, you know, the the median income is like a fraction of what the median rent is. And those are all the things working on people at once. But then it's just very easy to go. It's this one guy in San Francisco. Isn't that like a big deal when we're we completely do every single person a disservice by not broadening the conversation to like the actual things, just like with just how Republicans are doing it with gun control. It's single moms. Right. Weed. Fucking porn. Right. The fucking gut. What? Like so. And I think each, you know, it's. For whoever is in power, there's always a convenient 
explanation or redirect of like outrage to some other thing rather than like where it needs to be directed. Uh, I mean, like, cause like the way they came after Chase Boudin, it's almost like he said he came out and he's like, and I will build fully intact guillotines in front of the homes <laughs> of every tech CEO and landlord in the city. No, he's just saying we have a problem just throwing people in jail. We don't, we're not interested in like rehab rehabilitating people in any way. Because it's just that we've created this whole other industry of just being like, I ah, don't deal with the failures of our society, just monetize it by putting them in a prison. And because someone comes along, is like, that seems like a terrible way to look at humanity and how to treat people that, you know, it's, it's very easy to then do this very disingenuous thing and be like, they're soft on crime. Yeah. And like the article reads when, when you're reading it, like one of the things that I'm realizing, like my brain is sort of questioning is like, well, how can like the right be this smart and like have all these different like things coming together to take down like this one DA or like any leftist idea? And it's because like that is the easy thing to do in America. It it goes with the grain of the myths around American exceptionalism, American individualism. And, you know, I've talked about it as like the like American immune system attacking anything that is like remotely left leaning because that is like America has traditionally been allergic to that. But that is exactly what we need. There's nothing wrong with the ideas and the programs when they're used well as they have been in the distant past. It's just that we have let these systems of wealth and media and police just completely overrun things and we're, it's completely out of balance. And so it's going to take sustained, persistent movements. It's, it's not going to be like one person, unfortunately. No. And yeah, I mean, I think, again, it's the status quo is what, benefits everybody in power now and we're again we're looking at a thing where people are crying out for health care for all these other things gun control yeah and if if anything runs afoul of like the you know the systems of profiteering and things that exist it's like this is just not it, it won't happen in that sense so uh yeah don't believe the hype about this it's just a very it's a very easy thing i think again because like even on msnbc you just had james carville like crip walking on like this guy's grave he's like this is the thing you gotta understand in san francisco they don't like this kind of stuff they don't like the disorder i was i was in los angeles for the lsu ucla football game (laughs) and the homeless people they were just out of control and they don't Uh like disorder like and that's all it's like very easy like just this talking point that's like sure no one likes disorder but to then say that to then not offer a solution is so fucked up because then it should be like, OK, if that's how do you create order? Because order isn't just clubbing people in their heads and throwing them to a paddy wagon and sending them to jail. Like creating order is saying, oh, here's a this looks like disorder. This looks like something we can solve. So speak about that. Speak about how you can actually put people in houses or any kind of like real substantial shelter that allows them to get a job to get the kind of mental health they need because to just if there's just like this very reflexive thing to be like yeah that you know people are unhoused because like they're bad right and so there's no humanity offered to someone who like mind you mo- many people like this st- statistic people are constantly parroting and saying out loud which is most people are closer to being unhoused than they are to being like wealthy by any yeah. stretch of the imagination so 
if we can't extend that empathy to unhoused people, like we're going to be locked in these like really barbaric system, like cycles of just dismissing human suffering as like, well, that's their fault. Nah, dude, I refuse to let that information in because I am on my rise and grind mentality. And I uh, just like to, you know, mind over body. And I'm going to just like stay on the grind and keep my focus on being a millionaire. And that's where it ends. Yep. Yep. I don't know if you've ever heard of The Secret, but uh, you should (laughs) read it. Well, that's what was interesting about like when the pandemic was at its height with the like, there was no homeless on the street for a while because they were, we figured it out basically. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're, they were put in hotels, they were put in different housing and stuff like that. So to, to, to try to flatten the curve of what was going on. So like, it's, it's like where as soon as we got out of, you know, the high numbers, we're back to not having, you know, sympathy for, yeah. for people who are without homes or, or, or without a job. Or without you a know. job. Yeah, there's a lot. There's so many people without a job right now, especially there's so many people that, that just stopped working, that went on unemployment because they were making more money, like off of their job that they didn't really like. And now they're in a weird place because now they've been without work for a long time and now they n- need to get jobs. And then it, there's just this giant hole in their resume of, uh, what were you doing between this? It's like, oh, I was collecting unemployment. It's like, a pandemic? It's, yeah. Surviving a global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you seem kind of all right. Well, I don't know, man. You don't seem trustworthy. Yeah, you willing to open the store? You willing to open the shop even if you have COVID? (laughs) No, because that's a that's a requirement of the job, actually. Wow. All right. Here, let me crumple this resume up, Kobe. All right. See you later, bro. Next. (laughs) I do. I I do think that the guillotine should be brought back, uh, not for people, but for just items, like just to make them more dramatic. If you don't like want them like around your place, just like guillotines, like. Instead of right. paper shredders, you know, just like putting. Honestly, you you say that, but I have a feeling people would respond more to like private property being destroyed in a guillotine right. than a oh, person. Yeah. They're like, oh my god, they're putting Amazon Prime boxes in the guillotine, <laughs> and they're guillotining them, and like just, I feel like the symbolism of that because the thing that you read a lot from a lot of like operatives and consultants, political consultants, especially around like people in the finance industry is they know their entire job is to keep the conversation from swaying into what about these greedy fuckers? <laughs> yeah. That's like yeah. the whole whole thing is there's a whole messaging system built on people's heads not turning in that direction. Mm-hmm. You know what I right. mean? And that's the same thing about what you're talking about this immunity that the American, you know, society has to anything that is like progressive in terms of like meaning like the wealthy don't get just like hoard all the money. And I think that is an interesting way of to kind of <laughs> subvert the those sort of attempts and just be like, I don't know, maybe if we like guillotine an Amazon logo, people will start connecting that to <laughs> Jeff right. Bezos. Yeah. Guillotine the the bird scooters, maybe. Oh, that. I would love that. I <laughs> that hate do those anything? things so much. <laughs> well, who does that? Sim- yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like, I feel like that's just like attached to people. a billionaire. Since people you know like I mean? use that as, in replacement of like oh, imagine uh, if you, functional like public transport. This would be a sick art project. You buy like a gigantic guillotine, you guillotine a fucking Tesla Cybertruck. Right. Oh, just in half. You'll be I like, just, ah! I just saw a, a tweet of the video of yeah. the Cybertruck and I was just looking at that like, 
I mean, I guess it's cool, but like, what, what is this for? Like, who is this for? (laughs) Like, I like, I mean, eight year old me is stoked looking at it being like, oh, this is like, it's basically that car is for anybody who's going to like, who grew up to be a millionaire. Who's like, I've always wanted to be driving a real life Hot Wheels car. Yeah. I always wanted to be the bad guy from RoboCop. And this feels like... He aligned more with my beliefs than actually (laughs) RoboCop. Than RoboCop. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about what is on TV tonight, baby. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. And yeah, so pretty much every network will be airing the January 6th committee's primetime. Can you believe they did that shit hearing tonight? <laughs> the like kids say the darndest thing. But yeah, about... And the award goes to <laughs> like a giant list of yeah. a lot of nominees this year. They start calling out the ba- the, the, the buff babies from the, the leave sketch. <laughs> it's goose it. Yeah, the goose. Yeah, everyone except Fox, obviously. Fox yes, is going to be putting the coverage of this on on Fox Business, but they'll also so they'll like have not coverage of it on Fox, but they will have a two hour reaction special when the first round of hearing ends. But it's gonna, I can't imagine what that reaction special. What is he like? No, <laughs> Hunter Biden is a laptop. I'm sure it'll what? be smart and well constructed. Like you know, well, I mean, they're they're good at speaking to their base. They absolutely are. Um, and you know, to that point, Laura Ingram on her show on uh when or Tuesday night, like they brought up the hearings, and she had none other than Teenage Mutant Ninja Gerbils, aka Stephen Miller, on the show to discuss, like, just to basically like laugh off the whole notion that like this thing is going to expose the like the the Trump administration even further. But she does just let you know, like, it's very clear. Oh, why aren't we playing it? Like, why do we even have to fucking tell you? You guys know why we're not playing it. Stephen, what do you think this is going to be? Prime time. They're all upset that Fox isn't covering it live. We actually do something called, you know, cater to our audience. Our audience knows what this is. We'll cover it. We'll do plenty of coverage. It's a theater. Total theater. This is. Okay. So, yeah, that's. Oh, uh, we do something called catering to our audience. Yeah. And telling people only what they want to know because we're uh, entertainment, not a news thing. Listen, we are theater. We are live right. theater. At least she said that out loud, you know, and it's like the same thing when like MSNBC will be like, oh, my God, Nancy Pelosi gets it. So does right. Chuck Schumer. And like they have the same people like kind of pushing that thing. But Catering to the audience, they know what this is because I'm telling them what this is. Don't look at that. Although I'm not sure how many I feel people are going to be curious because they are going to have like, you know, real testimony, whether it's live or taped. And they can see people saying this stuff. And I'm sure there'll be definitely a group of people who want to bury their heads even deeper into the earth's like crust. But for some others, you know, who are kind of like, what's what are they saying? Whoa, that's weird. Maybe that will be the audience where <laughs> something happens. I don't know. Though for me, I'm just like not sure. Like I get the idea that more people need to understand like how much of a threat this is, but at the same time, like if if this is as serious as we all saw it to be, you don't you don't need to convince many people. Like you don't need to convince them that you need to do like enforce the like the law, <laughs> like that we won't have the government overthrown like that. I don't know. That seems like a decent argument 
don't know. Anytime it's mainstream Democrats versus mainstream Republicans, right. I, I don't feel great about the chance of the mainstream Democrats to have the effect that they are hoping to. The Republicans seem to, like, be better at just grandstanding and, you know, using asymmetrical, like, warfare on, on the political level to just you know, obstruct and fuck things up and just make it. I don't I, I don't have high hopes. Uh, we'll, we'll see where, where it goes. I mean, I do. Yeah. Like, where do we think people's the public opinion on what happened is like minor dust up, I think, is what an NFL coach said at a press conference yesterday. But like somewhere between a minor dust up and and, and like, yeah, that was bad, but it's not. It's not that bad. So, like, in order to like make an impact, they're gonna have to actually connect it to Trump, right? You, you, well, yeah, and like, there's polling that's gone down pretty steadily since the beginning of the year. That like less and less people think that the president was solely responsible for the rioting. Huh. And I get that there's probably more nuance. Like, maybe some people are like, well, it's like other people too. But to know that the main beneficiary of an election being overthrown would obviously be the president. I mean, I think that's probably why they look at poll numbers like that. And they're like, fuck, man, no, this guy was telling everybody he could like that this shit had to go down. So, yeah. But at that point, it's like it's like trying to explain like a NASA mission to like lay people. It's like, I don't know. Do your NASA thing, man. You got to fucking convince me we got to go to space. What the fuck do I know? Right. You know, on a certain level, like if you're there to safeguard this supposed dumpster fire of a representative democracy, then fucking do what you need to do. It's not like, hey, can we, hey, should we, are you guys cool with us and making sure it's protect? <laughs> Got to make sure you see everything and you like it because the polls were so shook by poll numbers. We can't just be like, this is the right thing we need to do. I don't give a fuck what 40% of the, like the opposition party says. Right. But the Republicans the don't give a fuck. They Republican. don't like do focus group. They don't like put put out a weather balloon to see how something plays. Well, and their weather balloon is like introduce a terrible bill that's like dehumanizing. And then people go, oh, my God. And they go, just kidding. It's like half that bad. Right. And the Democrats like, oh. do seem to like, you know, lo lose their mission pretty quickly. If something if there's like a minor bump in the in the road. All right. We're on, we're on well, our way. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this all goes. Uh, as you can hear my voice, I'm hopeful. I'm I'm optimistic. Y'all got this. Let's talk about what uh, TikTok being sort of interwoven into the into the political sphere a little there's, bit. There's just this article in Vice that is focusing like on this like like wave of TikTok videos with like messaging around like uh, accomplishments from like the Democrats. And like the wins of the Biden administration, they're like, what, the, what, 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 what's going on here? They're like, there's like one where there's like this Tesla fan, like influencer on TikTok, who's just kind of being like, man, thanks to the bipartisan infrastructure bill, there'll be more EV charging stations. So I fuck yeah, Byron, shout out to you. Or another where there's like a black <laughs> influencer who's like, you know, elated about the nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. And all of these videos, like as they were like looking at them, they're they're a product of this company called Vocal Media. Where they describe themselves as an influencer marketing partner that specializes in influencer campaigns for progressive and nonprofit causes. They said this company has been training and paying influencers to promote their clients' causes in a series of videos that are generally not marked as sponsored content. 
And I think this is kind of where the issue is, because there's already a huge issue on social media, especially TikTok, where the platform does little to enforce its like rules around disclosing paid partnerships, like especially with political, especially with uh, political posts. And I think, you know, initially, a lot of the focus has been on groups like PragerU or like Turning Point USA, these like hyper conservative groups that they're just spewing a bunch of wacky, hateful shit. But I mean, like these ads are no different. Like if you were look, it's you're just swapping out left or right and you're having people put in just like, oh, I'm being paid to further along like a, a specific political perspective without revealing to you that I'm being paid to do this. Like this isn't because I feel that this yeah, is something it's, that's real. It's, it's a pretty slimy way of of doing politics because it, it comes down to like, you know, a lot of podcasters and stuff like that, we have to do like ad reads and stuff like that. But it's pretty apparent when we go into the ad reads yeah. that it's a company that is a sponsor of the show. It's we're literally saying this is sponsored by. So like to slide it in like that, like that's when, you know, that becomes a scary thing. Like all of a sudden people are inundated by different influencers and before they know it, like they're getting wrong information maybe and stuff like that. So yeah, it's yeah. It's, and I think, you know, and I get that there are like moral causes. So you're like, well, they're not talking about homophobia, but what we're talking about is just this like ability for mo like moneyed interests to right. like convince you that these info like people that you follow the tr you know whatever supposed trust that's built with like a social media person that you follow like that's being leveraged to tell you something like hey be complacent with what's happening right now don't agitate for too much change because it's all good because there might be more electric vehicle chargers down the road I don't know. And I think that's like kind of a, a wild thing. And when you look further, Vice was talking to the people at this company. They were, you know, they found that some of the people that were like speaking on behalf of the company, like they have ties to, you know, really substantial Democratic like opposition research firms, like powerhouse oppo research firms, like the kind of people who dig dirt up like on other Democrats if they're too progressive. Like they they did the same thing like. Like this, the guy who started this firm smeared Anita Hill in the early 90s, even and at the time was like a Republican. And then like in 2016, like had also like spread the like lies about like Bernie Sanders having these like FEC violations that, that were like fake too. that like later were like these are not even real. They are like, oh, this is basically the same kind of underhanded shit, but, you know on the democratic side. And I think this like vice article is going on to say like, if this is, if misinformation is a big problem to Democrats, then you have to like really look at this like genuinely and objectively to say, is it right for people to, you know, come like go out using their social, social media influence to then cape for like saying, Hey, climate change isn't that bad. I mean, we're going to do something about it, but don't get all mad about it. And I think that's where, things get a little bit murky but anyway yeah that's there's a good detail in this vice article one of the videos was a disgusted taylor swift influencer in the fall of 2021 blaming then virginia gubernatorial candidate glenn youngkin's former company for buying taylor swift's master tapes and then the only indication that that was sponsored but that's like such a roundabout way yeah. to like be like so don't vote for him <laughs> because he bought he bought her master tapes the swift video contained a logo for vote save america a crooked media project promoting progressive voter outreach which does at least suggest a partnership of some kind so that was the only time that like the a partnership that this was like 
part part of some political messaging was was indicated at all. Yeah, I think that's, that's also just like such a weird strategy. Yeah, and it's just gross though. Again, like that the people who need to reinforce the status quo, like it's a full court press. Like you're not fucking safe anywhere. Like we'll we'll be all over your bus benches. We'll be in your TikTok. You won't know who's fucking saying what and who's being paid from who. Like it's just. It's just a very disorienting landscape, especially when we're at this point, like we're saying that the inequality and the societal ills that people are facing right now require like real, real substantial shifts in our policies. Yeah. If more than anything, people have to understand that the status quo is absolutely an untenable situation. But then when you have money pouring in on all sides to sort of like, you know, bolster the arguments or the perception that everything's okay and it's going to get figured out. Just vote for whoever in the fall or in this case, like, you know, the Joe Biden will help out. Then it really, it, it, all it does is sort of reinforce this idea of complacency. Like when we're saying we're in such an era of urgency. And I think that's, yeah, it becomes really insidious when it, especially when it's not being, you're not being transparent about it. Right. Like any other time, like that's how the FEC works. Like you have to, like if you get any kind of monetary or material benefit, you have to disclose that. And, you know, I think they found a neat loophole, I guess, at TikTok to be able to be like, well, they don't enforce it, so let's just play over here. It, it's almost like this isn't the time to be, re, to be replacing Facebook and Twitter and, like, social media outlets that we've already found and, like, known to be extremely toxic and harmful with a more seamless version of Facebook and Twitter where like you don't even click on anything. It is just injected into yeah. a stream into of your into your veins. It's like they were like, all right, so we get it. Smoking is bad for you. So what we're gonna do is we're just going to put invisible cigarette smoke everywhere you go. <laughs> and, like that's it's gonna be way more addictive, way harder to even notice when you are smoking or what that the toxic stuff is being put in there. Right. I don't know, but, or maybe not, maybe it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, remind, uh, computer, remind me in 10 years. <laughs> Where are we at? TikTok bad is, I, I, I like start Googling things like Yoda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. TikTok bad is it? Mm. Mm. TikTok bad is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Jeremiah, truly a pleasure as always having yeah. you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, where can people find you, follow you? I think you mentioned a podcast, is it? Oh, oh yeah. I've got a couple podcasts. Uh, one's called Jeremiah Wonders. One is called Scissor Bros uh, with my buddy Stevie <laughs> Weeby. Uh, we do a lot of crazy challenges and, and stunts and stuff like that on that podcast. And then um, I've got a new series on YouTube called Stand Up on the Spot where comedians go up with no prepared material, ask the audience for suggestions, and then you have to create stand-up on the spot based off those audience suggestions. So uh, the most recent one features uh, Jessamay Peluso, Todd Glass, Tony Baker, and Josh Potter, as well as myself. And uh, yeah, Jeremiah stand-up on social media across the board. That that seems terrifying. I went and watched the beginning of like the latest episode, and they were just like, STDs! <laughs> They're just like shouting things at you. <laughs> That that is a a true high wire act. It really is. As far as as stand up goes, it's definitely probably the hardest show in stand up comedy. Uh, but when it's pulled off 
well, it's it's really gratifying for not only the audience, but as the comics as well. Right. Well, that's amazing. Godspeed to you and and those stand up comics. Jack just goes to all the shows to do like bad suggestions. <laughs> the the improviser's worst one, food. Just being like pineapple. I mean, the good, the best thing about the show is uh, is sometimes that will trigger some some funny stuff Wild, just because right? based on how bad the suggestions are. And then also, if it's really genuinely bad, I tell all the comics, I'm like, you just tell the audience, like, no, let's keep going. Like, give me yeah, more. Yeah, like, it's not like that, an improv right. show. It's like, the first thing I heard was right, this, right. and I How about have the to first take thing, it. Fred, that inspires some good stand-up. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. go off of that. Yeah, exactly. Is there a tweet or some of the work of social media, a TikTok, I hear that's big, that you've been enjoying by any chance, Jeremiah? Um, I have, I got sucked into a wormhole on TikTok <laughs> of cars being cleaned. Uh, that yeah. is like, it's like an ASMR used- type thing. It's a, I don't, I don't know. I still don't fully understand why I like it, but yeah. it's old cars being restored with like, like high pressure like power washers and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then like leather being cleaned and then like it's something about like wait seeing something that's really dirty before and then yeah. restored to really nice and i'm like oh man and then i'm obsessed with the the new season of stranger things those are the the the, the things that have been on my mind that barry just watched the season finale of barry as well oh i got one more episode left yeah. of, of barry yeah barry Oh, Barry. Oh, Barry. <laughs> oh, hi, Barry. That guy's so good, dude. Oh, yeah. Hank. Um, yeah, the, 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 I know the TikToks you're talking about because there's like a whole genre of like cars that are basically when someone trades in their car to be sold on a used lot. Mm-hmm. And like you're just watching these. In, like, I know what you're talking about. There's like one where you see like a leather console go from like brown to white. And you're like, it's <laughs> it's mind-blowing you're just yeah. like how are how is that even i mean obviously they're professionals that's what they right. do but how it's, is it that it's just crazy yeah, yeah 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 exactly and that's all from that subreddit oddly satisfying you'd love have that you seen the, have you seen yeah. the one where they use the theragun the like massage gun on the floor of the car like the carpet on the bottom of the floor oh, so they bring the dust up and then they so it's like theragun with a yes. high power vac next to it right yes. and i watched that f- for like 40 minutes <laughs> it's like, so satisfying yeah it's it just so pounds weird. all yeah. the dust and dirt that's like stuck inside of it the up, carpet like up and then the thing just like sucks it away and I it's think very my, smooth and my ancestors beautiful. were putting a rug on a clothing line and beating it with a stick yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and now we're theragun and vacuuming it out oh i always thought the beating that. it with a stick was just them getting their anxiety and angst out for having to live in their earliest smash rooms were just beating <laughs> the dust out was, of your rug there was a, a good reason for it miles hmm? hey how are you doing where can people find you and what is a tweet you've been enjoying Ooh, find me on twitter and instagram at miles of gray uh check out the basketball podcast miles and jack got mad, mad boosties, boosties and and Excuse me, I just burped. That's how wild that was. An NBA podcast. We have Sarah Todd on this latest episode, a beat reporter for the Utah Jazz, who was like, we got to have her on Zeitgeist because she was she was, she was super cool. And like, as we were talking, like afterwards, I'm like, that felt like a Zeitgeist guest. So yeah, check that out. And also 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra and I. We do 
90 day talk talking about that trash. Uh, some tweets I like. First one is from at Chell BB underscore and uh, Chell tweeted, we're the daughters of the Bajas they couldn't blast. Yes, indeed and we are. loved that one. Also, another one. Where is it at? Oh, uh, Young Parik, Young Parik Patel uh, tweeted, avocado should have different toys in st- inside instead of the same wooden ball every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Just love thinking that it's a wooden ball. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Some tweets I've been enjoying. Taryn tweeted on my third cup of coffee without eating anything. Why am I afraid? (laughs) That's me every morning. And uh, Shen the Bird tweeted, girl interrupting my sexting. Stop saying betwixt. And then uh, this was just a cool use of Twitter. Kelvin tweeted, if anyone in NYC wants $40 worth of Chipotle, it's sitting on the takeout shelf at the Broadway location in Chinatown. It's paid for and under my name, Ryan Y. Didn't look at the location before ordering and just made an absolute fool of myself in the Chipotle in Buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was going to be like in like Midtown or something, but Buffalo, yeah, you can't go get that. So yeah, hopefully somebody got and preach Chipotle. And you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes on our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Uh, this is a group called The Colors That Rise. They're a duo, and this is a live version of a track called Polo 1.2. And their vibe, man, it's just, I, you know, I like stuff that feels like a computer suddenly, like, got soul and, like, tried to make music, but only had its, like, computer voice to do things or its, it's machine-learned aesthetics to do it. Uh, so this has got, like, it's, like, sultry, but, you know, kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, it's, like, vapor-wavy, too. There's all kinds of just really interesting, like, analog and digital elements to it. So this is Polo 1.2 from The Colors That Rise. All right. I wonder if that is a, like, post-9-11 reference? The Colors That Rise? Probably not. Well, it's spelled O-U-R-S, so they're very European. They're from New England. (laughs) (laughs) This band is definitely from New New (laughs) England. The Colors That Rise... (laughs) Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah. That is going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. 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 Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.